they realised the amazing truth that it was God who was completely devoted to them. We know this as just before our reading, uh, sorry, yeah, just before our reading, it was then that Peter had stood up and preached about Jesus, explaining who he was and what he had done for them. And we see their response in verse 37, that they were cut to the heart. You see, when we understand how passionate God feels about us, Surely, surely we can't help ourselves but love him in return. These early followers in the church were willing to give their all to the one who gave his all for them. I wonder, have you grasped how passionate God is for you, of how devoted he is to you? To echo that other song from Greece, this is the last reference, you're the one that he wants, that he loves. So much so that he died on the cross for you, so that we might have life with him forever. These early believers got it, didn't they? Their lives had been transformed by it. And it clearly showed as it was infectious, wasn't it? According to verse 47 that we read, it said, the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I wonder, what are you devoted to? For when we are devoted to something, we're passionate about it, aren't we? And it shows, even though we may not actually know it ourselves. I remember a while ago going for uh, an internal job interview, which I didn't get, but a while later, I met up with one of the people who interviewed me to get some feedback. And uh, he told me afterwards that really I only came alive towards the end of the interview when I started to talk about jazz. <laughs> Apparently he wanted to see more of that same passion when I was talking about work stuff. I'm not really sure what that says about my job, but anyway. I hadn't realised it at the time. But you see, others can tell what you are passionate about, even if you can't. We become alive, energised, when people talk to us in our conversations, what will they see that we are passionate about and devoted to? I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here, sort of in my direct line of sight. You know, I can see like Ruth and Ian, and I know who anyone spends five, a number of you, and you spend five minutes with them will know how much they are passionate about Jesus. It should be like a mirror, really, on this lectern. It's all about me. Anyway, this explains a little bit about why these early Christians were so passionate, doesn't it? But let's think a bit about what it means by uh, the phrase uh, that devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What is it talking about here? Uh, just as a reminder, the word apostle means one who's sent out, and without going into too much depth about, about that, but essentially refers to those at the time who had met and followed Jesus and who would have witnessed the resurrected Christ. So you might think that the early church was devoted to their teaching because they were the ones closest to Jesus, who had actually met him, and therefore would know about him the most. I was thinking, oh, it's a bit like, you know, like Priscilla Presley, the ex-wife of Elvis. Uh, you know, I was thinking that whenever she gets interviewed, the questions that most people sort of ask or that they're really interested in is like, what was it really like living with Elvis? You know, what was Elvis like? 
Well, there might have been a bit of that. After all, the early church didn't have the Gospels written down like we do. But of course, it wasn't simply because they knew Jesus. You see, the apostles themselves had been taught by Jesus. And just as Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit reminded the apostles of all that he had taught them. And they were going to pass, so they were, going, they were sent out to pass his teaching along. And when Jesus taught the people who heard it, were often astonished, weren't they? Why were they astonished? It wasn't just because Jesus was a good teacher, but he taught with divine authority. For example, do you remember that time at the beginning of his ministry in the Gospel of Mark, we hear how when Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach, and the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. So then the early church was not devoted to the apostles' teaching because the apostles were dynamic, persuasive or flashy, but it's because they were the only ones who had the authoritative teaching of God. To put it simply, the apostles' teaching was the teaching of Jesus. The apostles' teaching, as it was, was guided by the Holy Spirit, and it was the word of God. Which explains why in verse 43 we are told uh, that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. It's interesting, isn't it, that after, also, after such an incredible experience at Pentecost, we might expect them to always be looking back, this early church, always longing for another outpouring. But instead, we find them devoted to the study of God's word. See, their experience with the Holy Spirit ultimately led them into a deeper hunger for truth. We do not have the apostles with us today, but we do have their teaching recorded in the New Testament. As someone wisely said, the Bible is not a book that tells us about God. The Bible is God telling us about himself. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were traveling and um, as we were on the train, a lady nearby got out her Bible from her bag and was diligently reading it throughout the whole journey. Uh, it's about 20, 25 minutes. But just to make this object lesson for me more profound was the fact that this Bible uh, this lady had was not just you know, a simple pocket little Bible that you might travel with. In fact, it wasn't even the average size Bible like this. It was, actually, it was bigger. I'm sure it's bigger than this lectern Bible. It's, no, it's like massive. I don't, I, it must have weighed a ton in her bag. I don't know why she was carrying such a large Bible. Perhaps she had pinched it from a church, was saved by it, was reading it, and was now returning it. Or perhaps, no, only surmising, but I like to imagine that this was her only Bible and that the weight, the weight and size of it didn't really matter to her. All she was concerned about, that a day without it would be like a day without food. It caused me to think, as I return back to my trashy thriller novel, just how devoted I am to reading God's word 
What lengths will I go to get to hear Jesus' teaching? And wasn't it challenging this morning for anyone here at this morning's service when we heard from Adrian uh, from Open Doors about the persecuted church in different countries around the world, about the lengths people would go to so they could get to hear God's word. For example, there was one lady in North Korea who, despite the risk of being executed for having a Bible, she was willing to hide one in the woods and, and to go to it. Such devotion, wasn't it? In the words of the Scottish preacher William Barclay, we should count it a wasted day when we do not learn something new and when we have not penetrated more deeply into the wisdom and the grace of God. You see, the early church in Acts, as well as that lady in North Korea, not only had a passion for God's word, but they recognised that they needed to be devoted to it as well. And we need it too, don't we? You see, without it, we become vulnerable. There'll be all sorts of things in life that will naturally pull us away from God's word and the church. Yet the early church here made it their priority, didn't they? As uh, one minister bluntly puts it, he says, the question in our day is not whether you will have time to be a part of the gospel-formed community, but whether you will devote yourself to it even when you don't have time. When something has to be squeezed, what will you be devoted to? See, the early church recognised that being devoted to God's word is the only way to remove all the wrong thinking that is in our minds. We get to hear so many voices, don't we, in our world. But when we turn to the word of God, it realigns our hearts towards Jesus. This early church, they weren't afraid to face the truth and be convicted by the apostles' teaching. Either were they. They, they didn't want to be guided by the word of the culture of the time or by their own feelings. And secondly, the early church recognised that being devoted to the word of God was the only way they could be transformed and grow in faith. You see, as we immerse ourselves in the word, it's not just for information, it's so our lives become transformed as we meet the living Christ. And the early church recognised that this involved perseverance too. And I would encourage us to do that with the Bible. Um, as Nick said earlier at the start of the service, it's true that we should come to church when we open up our Bibles with expectation that God is going to speak. After all, that is the way that he reveals himself to us. And it's true too that when we open up the Bible, God's word does leap out sometimes, doesn't it? And we say, wow, thank you, Lord. I needed that gentle slap on the face or I needed that word of comfort. But I also want to say though, is, as a word of encouragement, is don't feel discouraged when we read the Bible and it feels like God is perhaps silent. It, means we, it doesn't mean to say we're not transformed by it. Um, imagine if uh, tomorrow night I decide to go to the gym and do some weight training classes. And it's hard to believe I don't do that already, but. If I went along, it would be crazy to think that 
you know, just after one session, I suddenly had the same physique as Nick here. I would need to go along at least about 10 times, probably a bit more. And the point is that if we stick to the word, then we'll be transformed by it. Like learning an instrument, uh, during my wife's been learning the violin over the last few years, and she sometimes asks me, oh, if I hear any improvement. And, and I say, Def- definitely, I say. When you first started, I had to leave the room, but now I can stay in the same room as you. Uh, but it's true, like when you're learning, and it's, we don't notice that, that you're learning or, or developing sometimes, do we? But we keep on doing it, and it's the same with the Word of God. We, we persevere, keep reading, we keep going to church. And uh, Jesus himself warns us, remember in the parable of the sower, he said that those who hear the word with gladness, but then they, get, they stumble when the weeds of life come along. See, when you persevere with this, you'll persevere in life, you won't be crushed by life. And uh, here's another reflection to his hit in the word is that that being transformed uh, is not dependent on remembering things. I don't. I think I've probably said this before. I, I have a very bad memory. Um, often forget sometimes uh, what we've heard in church. People often ask me, "Oh, how was church this morning? How was the sermon?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it was great. It was really good." Uh, Tom, Bill, Nick preached a great message. I say, "Oh, what was it about?" I'm like. Um, it was about Jesus, and, uh, and there was a good illustration with Lego, and, um, but I know it was really, really good. And it's thanks to our tech team at the back, uh, who uh, at least we were able to re-listen to sermons and we can take notes. But my point is, don't worry if you don't remember. We don't have to remember much of the sermon, but we have to be brought under its power. See, the fact that we can't remember things doesn't mean that you haven't been shaped by them. But that is why still, though, we need the teaching of the apostles on a regular basis, don't we? It's absolutely essential. You probably heard that story with the minister. He said that he's been married for 30 years now, and in that time, his wife had cooked him some 32,000 meals. But of course, he couldn't remember the entire menu for any one of those meals. But he knew this that they all nourished him and gave him strength to do his work. He was saying, I I would be physically dead today. Likewise, if I had not sat under God's word for nourishment, I would be spiritually dead today. So let's wrap this up. What does it mean for you, me, to be devoted to God's word? Will, will, Will we be like this early church in Acts? when we read God's word, when it causes confusion, when we don't understand something, will we seek to find an answer? When it brings conviction, will we seek repentance? When we read something which stirs our souls to rejoice, do we glorify God? And of course, this early church wasn't just a learning church. They lived out the word And as the reading goes on and as we look at in future weeks ahead, it it, it showed in their living out. As someone once said, learning and living 
are the two wheels on the bike. If your learning is not working, maybe you need to start living it out more specifically. And if your living is not working, maybe you need to start learning more. Well, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are devoted to us, so much so that you were willing to die for us. Lord Father, we pray that you help us to be devoted to you, to be devoted to your word, so that that we may encounter you. May it be food for our souls that we feed on. May you challenge us in areas of our lives where we need to be transformed. And may it also stir our souls and comfort us in times of need. And as we go out from here this evening and into this coming week ahead, we pray that our lives will reflect more of your love to those around us and that other people will see uh, and the passion that we have for you in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.